1: The doctor is in. Well, thank goodness the doctor is in. Doctor Rasha Batar here for Advanced Medicine Monday. But boy, oh boy, could we use you on the Navy ship? That uh, it's just like a bad Hollywood science fiction movie. This story we're going to be covering uh, this hour with you, Doctor Batar.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's unbelievable. And I'll tell you the truth, this is one of those type of stories that you hope that you never have to have to be in a situation where you have to be on a ship like this, or, or even. Taking care of people that you're responsible for in a ship like this, because this is this is devastating stuff.
1: Yeah, we're going to get into that at the Navy ship that was supposedly doused in radiation from Fukushima uh, in a moment. But I just want to uh, chat briefly because I I had your brother on last week, Shahid Batar, and I I have to double check with you because he said to tell you that. Well, actually, I joke with him that he's the better looking one, just to kind of tease him and see see where that would go. And, and uh, <laughs> but then he said just just tell him that. That he's the smarter one. That's what he wanted you to know. Well, I already know that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he's going to be. Ple- I did not expect that, but yeah, he, your your brother Shahid is a smart guy, and uh, we we enjoyed him and all of his passionate efforts to uh, restore the Fourth Amendment and to roll back the the un- unconstitutional violations on our liberty. And uh, he's working with our friends at the Tenth Amendment Center and others, and bringing a broad coalition from left, right, center, up and down. And appreciate them very much. So, as I said, the Batar family is a special family, and I'm not exaggerating. With the things that you're here to do on this planet, it's pretty neat. Hats off to your mom and dad.
0: Well, I appreciate that, Robert, but I'm not sure what you, what context you meant, uh, you know, special, and whether that meant like the, that the short
1: the, no, the short ooh, bus, bus special or no, what? no, no, not the short bus special. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, here, here to do some pretty grand and broad missions that will impact the lives of millions for the better. That's what I mean.
0: I think we all um, hope that we can all have an impact or our families can have an impact on society in a positive way. So I do appreciate you saying that, but... uh just doing what we do and just like you, you know, um, we do what we do because we don't know any different.
1: <laughs> well, you think about it, but it, li- living principles, you know, living, becoming living examples for principles that you believe in deeply, passionately, and you make that your life's mission and you live it all the way through. And as I said, you know, we've talked about your, your mom and dad a little, particularly more your dad because of his recent episode and the, the recovery. But I mean it's to it's to the credit because we recognize there are folks out there that everybody potentially is doing extraordinary things not everybody does because we have that choice but the choice to live based on the principles that we learn I, I just find that to be uh, you know a rare if I can call it a commodity in people yes there are people that are like that but it's just nice and I wanted to spotlight it
0: oh, I appreciate that
1: so if we're going to apply the principles in healing to this tough and tough topic as it gets in, you were a member of, of the armed forces and the military. We've talked some about your experiences there. There was this uh, article that came out and I think Deb had said your wife had sent it to me last week. And then there's another story that just came out a day or two ago about the, the Navy sailors on the ship that I think it was the USS Ronald Reagan and other ships that were in the area or rushed to the area after the disaster, the devastating earthquake and uh, Fukushima scenario. And, Actually,
0: Deb, I yeah. think Deb sent you the story on the child with the root canal, the four root canals. Which I think we're going to cover too later on, right?
1: Oh Um, yeah, time permitting. Okay. Yes. She's our unbilled producer on the back behind the scenes and she'll send us stories during the week, which are, which are cool. And we appreciate her for that. But yeah, this story was just so horrific as, you know, I, we agree. We've got to talk about it. I don't know what we can do to remediate it at this point, but if we can, we want to discuss that. But the reality is the Navy wasn't given any information. Evidently the Japanese government, TEPCO, uh, uh, they didn't tell everybody that this meltdown was occurring. But if you read this, they're talking about a wave of warm air that came across and then suddenly a snowfall that that, that some said it tasted like aluminum or metallic. And then suddenly these Navy uh, personnel on the ship were vomiting, uh, defecating, in extreme excruciating pain. And here we are. How many years after Fukushima? Has it been two, three years now? And we're just now hearing about this?
0: Yeah, I mean, th- who knows what the fallout's been and no pun intended in that statement, but it's... Surprising to me that the media is actually not covering this because when I saw this and you know Robert I I bet you what I've maybe sent you three or four stories every year maybe because right. usually you send me the stories or Deb finds the stories or you know Don, Don sends, sends the them. stories exactly, I yeah. rarely find something to initiate but this was one of the few that jumped out things,
1: at you yes
0: yeah that jumped out at me and I was surprised that the media was actually covering it what's really interesting is in fact the follow-up component that you sent to me mm-hmm it's it's amazing that the comment that the writer makes that the attorney that's representing these soldiers said that they're going to – apparently there was some issue with where they filed or some kind of uh, jurisdictional issue. Right. But they're going to refile, and they said they're going to wait until early February to accommodate a constant influx of soldiers – or of sailors, excuse mm-hmm. me, from the aircraft carrier USS Ronald Reagan – because they had so many coming in. And, you know, usually this kind of stuff is hush-hushed, but the mainstream is reporting it. That's very interesting.
1: Yeah, I know. I guess this is one that could no longer be contained, but it is starting to get out there. And, you know, I I think about it in the high ideals of the sailors and the soldiers and the, you know, Marines, of those that serve, you know, with the Constitution in mind and genuine defense of this country. And, you know, in those cases where they've intervened for humanitarian efforts, which is quite extraordinary, what was being done after the Japan earthquake. But to subject these boys and girls, if you can, or young men and young women, to ionizing radiation at this level, and then, you know, three years later, we're just now hearing about it. I mean, the cover-ups have to be going high up within the U.S. military command structure as well.
0: Absolutely, Robert. Here's the disturbing components for me. One, the military didn't do anything about it. Okay, it could be said maybe they didn't realize the full extent of it, but they certainly did know post the event what was happening second which is even more disturbing is that once this issue occurred there was nobody that was willing to let this ship come back into port so they were actually out essentially stranded in the in the ocean because no port would allow them to come in japan wouldn't guam wouldn't korea wouldn't and finally thailand accepted them to come in and they were already out for sea for three uh, three months at that point and apparently, two thirds of the ship, uh, they had no control over their bowels. They were basically fecal incontinence. And I mean, that, that type of stuff where the soldiers were exposed because they were trying to help people and then they can't, or I keep on saying like, soldiers, excuse me, yeah. I meant sailors. Mm-hmm. They were exposed because they were helping people and they were helping. In fact, in, in this article, it said that some of these guys were jumping into the water to help pull other people out of the water. But they were jumping into, into a situation where, you know, that they were exposing themselves and exposing themselves to a level that was considered more than 300 times what was considered to be safe.
1: Yes, uh, I I know. And and if if they're out there for two and a half months, three months, before they're allowed to dock anywhere, where, again, the American media, a a news blackout? I mean, this had to be blacked out within the, the framework of the U.S. military command, and that's what is even more disconcerting. I mean, you can understand even... Uh, these nations saying, well, listen, if you're radioactive, we don't want you in our port. I mean, I can understand they'll want to defend themselves, but where's the American military structure in this point saying we've got to, you know, airlift these people out for some serious medical intervention, or are they just completely clueless on how to to handle an acute uh, radiation exposure event?
0: Well, I think if they were to address, if they were to actually do something like that where they were going to air back these people out, then they would be have to acknowledge the fact that something was done. And I think that was probably, again, I'm just speculating here, but that was probably part of the problem that if they actually did something like that, then they would have to acknowledge that there was a problem. And it's much better to just say, oh, there's no problem. Unfortunately, now it's caught up with them. And even to this point, they're still not doing anything for these soldiers. It's In fact, in the article, it mentions that these the soldiers are not being monitored. There's nothing that's being done from the military standpoint, to help them, and it's basically just being ignored. So wh- 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 what? 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 Here are we- it is: the navy is not system. Mm-hmm. The navy is not systematically monitoring the crew members' health problems, mm-hmm. but Cooper reports uh, uh, damage. This particular soldier or sailor they were talking to reports damaged thyroid, disrupted menstrual cycles, wildly fluctuating body weight, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So why are the Why is the medical component of the Navy not at least acknowledging this issue and doing something about it? They're not even monitoring it. They're not, by not monitoring it, you're basically ignoring it.
1: Well, we have to. You're denying
0: that it exists. Yeah,
1: yeah, I think we have to acknowledge that there is a uh, systemic dysfunction, or maybe purposeful, within the military command structure. Because let's look at another topic sort of related to this within the military hospital setting, whether it be Walter Reed or other places. When our soldiers are coming back from the war theaters, uh, and suffering with what they call post-traumatic stress disorder. And the only treatment allowed to them are psychiatric medications. There's no movement to detoxify these soldiers in any way, shape, or form, or to facilitate an increase in omega-3 essential fatty acids. Uh, or, you know, as we know now, the benefit of uh, CBD or cannabidiol from the industrial hemp. We're not even talking THC and marijuana at this point. But there are so many things medically that are validated to uh, address ptsd and so the, it, it's it's like, sort of like the entire structure has degraded to the point maybe some would argue it's always been that i don't know to the point where cannon fodder is not a historical term but it is literally what our soldiers our sailors are based on what we're seeing here
0: well we've talked before live on the radio about project daily have we not we have and Garth Nicholson, in his book uh, about Project Day Lily, essentially the experimentation that was done on two classes of population. One was the inmate population in Harris County in Houston, mm-hmm. the, in the prisoner population, and the other one was in the soldier population. And these experimentations that were done with vaccines to see what the effects would be. In fact, Gulf War syndrome is completely. Due to an iatrogenic issue. Oh, that's right. Stand by. We we, we have
1: done. We got to take a break. We're going to come back. This discussion is only just beginning, and it's fascinating beyond belief and horrific. So stick around. Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rashid Batar continues after this. The Robert Scott Bell Show. in the health world through the power of radio. It's the Robert Scott Bell Show. Continuing now with some advanced medicine with Dr. Rashi Bittar. Of course, if you ever miss our, these are events, really, if you think about it. The way to kick off the week together, they are events, and you can listen to them, All hundreds of hours now available for free download, easy access at medicalrewind.com. All the links are in the show notes as well at robertscottbell.com. So, Dr. Bittar, this is as serious an issue as we've ever discussed, talking about the willingness to experiment on our troops, our sailors, and also the people of America or even peoples around the world, whether it be Guatemala, India, or whatever, by governments, including our own or what we would perceive as our own. You mentioned Project Daylily, and that's where we had to cut in here because of the break.
0: Yeah, Project Daily was a book that was written by Garth Nicholson, who was the chief of laboratory division, I believe it was, at MD Anderson in Houston. And he details some of the issues that occurred and actually talks about some of the um, origins of AIDS, for example, and, and how that was an experiment gone wrong. And these are some of these are actually classified military uh, programs, and some of them are not so classified, but just considered to be washed underneath the carpet, if you will. Mm-hmm. And the Gulf War syndrome, for example, is has been conclusively shown. And Nicholson, I think, does a pretty good job showing the proof because he was involved with a lot of the vaccine research. He was involved with a lot of the things going on with the military at that time. He and his wife both were uh, both MD-PhDs. Their involvement with the military and, and the research that they were conducting is pretty well documented in Project a in the book. So I won't say anything more. Just read the book and get the information for yourself. But Harris County Prison System had a lot of research being done within that sector, and nobody really knew about it. At least the public didn't know about it. And, Robert, I think this is when I talked about the one doctor that was going to expose everything, and they found him on the 17th floor of MD Anderson in his office, with a suicide note, and he'd killed himself. The only problem was that the entry wound of the suicide shot was in the back of his head, and the exit wound was in the front of the head. So this was in the hospital they found him. That's what you call being suicided
1: instead of doing it yourself. Yeah, exactly. And this
0: is, you know, documented. Of course, nobody talks about it, and I don't remember hearing about uh, a, a senior medical researcher at MD Anderson found in the hospital dead in his office but um, that's what happened so the Gulf War Syndrome is a result of iatrogenic causes Right, is a result of human experimentation essentially and obviously what we're talking about here with the sailor issue with the fallout from the nuclear fallout that these people experienced obviously this was not something that the military created or anybody created on purpose but basically ignoring it not recognizing it, giving it no attention whatsoever, and hoping that it disappears because you don't want to draw attention to the fact that you didn't do what you should have done, and now it's too much of an embarrassment to admit that you didn't do anything at the time that it should have been done. You know, What, are there, what conclusion is there to be made from that? That lack of activity, that lack of initial uh, response that was needed sure, at the time, because yeah. these people's lives are ruined now. I mean, there's nothing that can be done essentially at this point you're seeing the deleterious effects taking place at this point. Yes, you could probably help them, but they're damaged for life.
1: Yeah, I mean, the thing is, how do you undo a, a long-term, or let's say an, a, an acute exposure from years ago now, let's say three years ago? Doesn't mean we can't offer something that would help, uh, may help stimulate regeneration of a health, of healthy tissue and remove some of the the chronic radioactive components, but this is not something you'd, you'd normally plan to say, well, let's wait three years and see what happens and then do something. And again, this this goes back to the experimentation, as you mentioned. You know, I remember interviewing Gary Matsumoto, who wrote the, the book Vaccine A, talking about the Gulf War illness linked to the uh, adjuvant squalene, MF59, in the mm-hmm. anthrax vaccine then. And he was suddenly blackballed, blacklisted, and he couldn't get a job. And he was appearing on the nightly news at a certain point with ABC as a regular high-end reporter.
0: Yeah, and they basically blackballed him.
1: Yeah, and it ac- wasn't like he he had he didn't know what he was getting into either because he was a Boy Scout in a sense. I mean, he was literally thought, "Hey, I'm following the the, the strings where they lead me, and I'm going to report this, and they're going to say thank you," which they should have. But instead, they said, "You if you continue this and you publish your book, you're you're never working in this town again."
0: Yeah, and he did publish the book, and I actually have a copy of that book that. He sent to me and it had a very nice autograph in it. I won't talk about that, but anyway, it was a fantastic book.
1: Yeah, he, he really learned the hard way that being a good reporter means you, you don't necessarily get the best job. You learn to, to not report. That's what they teach him nowadays. So, anyway, we're going to report on this some more with Dr. Rashid Batar. Maybe some remediation tips for those who have uh, been suffering after this. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Ah! in the health world through the power of radio. It's the Robert Scott Bell Show. All right, talking to some serious, serious medicine, advanced medicine in need here of our sailors exposed to radiation. Uh, we'll get to a story about the child that was given four root canals and then ended up dead, and it, uh, basically infant. I mean, it's ridiculous what's going on in, in medicine. It's been that way for a long time, but that just takes it to another level as well. Now, Dr. Batar, weren't you, I mean, with all you've done, for instance, with your transdermal uh, DMPS, the chelation or chelators, wasn't there interest from, like, higher-ups in the military to say, maybe we could use this technology to help our uh, troops?
0: Yeah, actually, uh, after I testified in 2004, before the U.S. Congressional Subcommittee on Human Rights and Wellness, the Undersecretary of the Navy had an audience with me regarding this, and it was something that they pursued. I did not even know who wanted to talk with me. I just knew it was somebody in the military. Uh, but it was actually the undersecretary of the, of the Navy that wanted the audience. And um, they were very, very interested in the transnormal DMPS simply for this exact reason, because the constituents of the smart bombs and the dirty bombs are plutonium and uranium. And uranium is, a, is the most toxic substance known to man that is natural. And then plutonium is the most Toxic substance known to man that is synthetic Because plutonium is actually made from uranium But DMPs will actually Bind to not only mercury Chelate mercury as you very well know Robert and arsenic but also plutonium And uranium it actually is the The uh, chelator of choice For uranium and for plutonium
1: Well I was thinking that if we were to Somehow if there were family members Of these uh, naval uh, uh, Vets or or if they're active still uh, That suffered I mean would it be of any consequence to give them something like this transdermal DMPS or some form of chelation, even though it's three years later?
0: Yeah, it will definitely help to pull it out. The problem is that it's taking away the spark that caused a fire. Uh and yes, it'll slow down the fire, but a lot of the damage is done and we'll need quite a bit of therapy to try to reverse. Um, I definitely think that these people would benefit from Getting DMPS, not just EDTA won't work. Not just regular chelation. They right. would need DMPS. Right. And, and actually, and, I would probably recommend that they have it intravenously, and then, and then as a uh, slow, steady treatment, then they can do it a different route, the transdermal route. But they really do need to get that component addressed. But are, and the best there, way that I know of doing it is is uh, intravenous.
1: Are there any physicians within the military complex uh, capable of doing this? Do they know about it? I mean, obviously, if they met with you, it's not like it's an unknown on some level.
0: Well, certainly the Undersecretary of the Navy was not a doctor or uh, any kind of health care provider, but he knew of the importance of it, so obviously they they were educated somewhere. Somehow, somebody had.
1: Well, if somebody has a connection with the current Undersecretary of the Navy or anybody higher up, uh, let them know. Dr. Bittar has experience there. I'm not volunteering you, but I just have to say we're very concerned about the troops serving all over the world that are exposed to these things, and then seemingly left to basically burn and die uh, horrifically. And uh, again, this is a stomach-churning and turning uh, story that we're covering today.
0: Yeah, it's just like they're discardable. That's what's so bothersome. And people going, these, these soldiers, these sailors are going into the military with the desire to support the country for God and country they're loyal, they're patriotic, they're doing all the right things for all the right reasons, and they're just used as trash. They're just treated as trash. They're tr- treated as disposable, as you said, cannon fodder. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and so if you look at this, you'd have to say anybody who's a parent, I mean, who would knowingly and willingly allow their children, if you if you still have that capacity to prevent them from signing up to the military, knowing that the military brass or whoever somewhere in the chain of command is willing to discard these souls like, the, like you said, they're, they're nothing more than something to be used and disposed of.
0: And and that is something I, I met a young man this uh, weekend who wanted to this past weekend who wanted to go into the military and I told him up front, I said I would not do that and he looked at me surprised because he knew that I was prior military and I said the military that I was in is no longer the military today. In fact, a reason, one of the reasons I got out was because the military was changing and There's no, um, you don't, you don't know who the enemy really is. You think that the enemy is on the other side and you're being sent to fight the enemy. But many times the people that are, that are telling you what you're supposed to do is they're the actual enemy. Yes. If you think about it, somebody was, uh, during this weekend, somebody brought up the conversation about how the world would be if you didn't have armies. And I said, it's not the armies that are the problem. It's the damn politicians that tell the armies what to do.
1: Well said. And no the, army
0: has spontaneously just arisen and started killing each other. No, and, and They're the, ordered to go in there. Military is supposed to be there to protect your borders. Right. And, and, and if that's what militaries were... I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: I was just saying, and then the bankers or banksters behind them that fund both sides and profit handsomely all over it. And you said the politicians, of course, profit as well. That's how they play the game. And then they discard the military soldiers, the pawns, in this bankster scheme. And so uh even... If we look back in history to the honorable uh, of those who served with honor, the fact is we can look for a lot of examples even in American history where they the, the soldiers were being played by the politicians and the bankers. And
0: it's one thing to read about this in history and see how the Romans did it or the Greeks did it or the Germans did it. But then when you're living in it and you're seeing it happening all around you, you're seeing it happening to your neighbors and you're seeing it happening to you know, your employees and your friends and their children that, that, that are serving in the military right now, you know, it's extremely disturbing. And as a person who served in the military, I would absolutely refuse my children to serve in the military right. today because yeah. there's, no, there's nobody that really cares about the soldiers. Yeah. I mean, look at the – name me one profession, Robert, where there is a high likelihood that you have to give your life for the profession, And most of these people are struggling to make ends meet. Their pay is being cut, and if they protest about their pay, then they're not patriotic? I mean, come on. For somebody to cut a soldier's pay, that's more unpatriotic than anything else you could do.
1: Well, and and then they come back from, the, as I said earlier, the war theater with uh, tremendous trauma, as well as toxicological trauma to the body, beyond even the emotions of the mind, Uh, of course the spirit, and then they're not, uh, addressed appropriately in our opinion as they're just drugged out of their mind even further. So yeah, this well, it's, is...
0: It, mm-hmm. it's, an, it's even it's even worse than that, Robert. I mean, not uh, addressed appropriately in our opinion is one thing, but they're actually minimized. They, they're They're sometimes even ridiculed.
1: Right, right.
0: That it's not something that should be bothering them,
1: that it's not important. Now, as you... Member, you know, history, vet, military vet, uh, tell, telling young kids to say no, I wouldn't go in. It's similar, you know, the memory. And we, I, I brought this up. My uncle, the medical doctor, told me not to go into the medicine either because he saw it changing over the span of his career. Early on, this was back in the late '70s, early '80s. He predicted all that has happened to this point, and said, you know, you don't want to be in it. Uh, and, and I didn't understand it at the time. Of course, I do now. So uh take heed uh give a listen to the experience of Dr. Batar today kids cuz we got some young kids listen 11 12 13 14 15 year olds and, and and beyond uh that do listen and we want we want you alive we want you to you know to enter fields that will honor you and protect you rather than discard you and that's why we're saying what we're saying today on the show Now uh, Dr. Batar, another profession beyond military that's dangerous of course is the medical one uh, and the dental one uh particularly and that that's this is the one that Deb had sent us about uh, this little boy, three years old, the dentist, and I think this was in Hawaii, where they uh, did four root canals on a three-year-old. Now, I I don't like root canals being done on a 33-year-old, but a three-year-old? What the hell is going on here?
0: I have no idea because I cannot imagine a child under the age of five having even one need for one root canal because they don't have any permanent teeth. That's so yeah. What's that's what's just the there.
1: beginning of the bizarre things. But yeah, I mean, right then and there, it's like you, if you got a problem with a tooth that's so bad as a child, you pull it. You pull it. My, you pull my, it. My, that's right. My son, you know, had his or teeth. or you yeah. just
0: or you don't do anything with it, and let it fall out.
1: Yeah, my son had uh uh two teeth, his two front teeth knocked out like a year before they were supposed to come out as a kid, but. It, it, you know, and they were loose enough that we just went ahead and pulled it because it, you know it just wasn't gonna gonna re re it. We knew new ones will come. And so, a root canal this this to the height of of irresponsibility, malpractice. I don't even think does it justice.
0: Yeah, I agree with you, and I bet you there's nothing that's been done about this Dennis. Absolutely nothing. I bet that it's part and parcel of something that could happen. The risks of general anesthesia. Oh
1: man. I know but uh, you know the the thing is uh, they they filed suit against this doctor and, and I think this is an appropriate place. I know that there is uh, certainly uh, Oh they did
0: they did file suit. I didn't know that. Yeah
1: yeah I mean certainly there's evidence of legal abuses in suing doctors. We know that that does exist but in this case I I just you know if you don't you know this, this guy needs it. Yeah exactly. He needs to be sued. This is where it's absolutely appropriate. Um you know, not even if it is a sedative issue or an anesthetic issue, but, I mean, just the starting point of looking at a 3-year-old and saying that your 3-year-old needs four root canals. I'm saying even one, as we've said, even in adulthood, the idea of destroying the, the the nerve, the root of the tooth, which is the life connection. I mean, a tooth is a living entity within the body, and that alone is, you know, is shown by some dentists like... uh uh, you know doc, which 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 doc am i thinking of hal huggins and others to say you know it's just not a good idea you set yourself up for cancer and other problems
0: yeah it's it's a it's a major major as far as i'm concerned a major violation of uh, ethical breach of conduct and this guy it was purely this there's just no justification for it it had to be purely monetary based he was looking at this okay there's four procedures i can do four root canals but there is no justification for even one root canal in a child that's under the age of five, leave alone four.
1: Yeah, and they're all focusing on the issue, like you said, of anesthetics and uh, you know, inappropriately done. Uh, they didn't provide oxygen during the procedure that resulted in severe and permanent brain damage. But again, we're stepping it back and going, no, you, if you're a dentist and you've gone through the training, you, you don't even suggest a root canal for someone with baby teeth.
0: You're exactly right.
1: Man, you know, this is another tragic, tragic story of allopathic medicine gone, I say I gone bad, but I mean, as I said, we, we've talked about the appropriate place for it, but this is definitely not the place.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with you. This is this is the height of, uh, some, this guy should actually be strung up and they should make an example of him, but you watch, Robert, I doubt it, if anything will be done.
1: Yeah, well, we'll see if we can get a follow-up or have a... Uh, Have our unbilled producer, your wife, Deb, follow up on the story and and give us a heads up on it as this progresses. But again, folks, you, you know, listen to the things, read the nine steps to keep the doctor away by Dr. Rasha Bittar, because this is the kind of information that's not really common knowledge among the medical profession yet. It should be, it will be one day perhaps, but not yet. And so you have to take it upon yourself to learn these things to be able to see through. The lies of, of modern medicine and dentistry when it is not appropriate, when it can actually do more harm than it can and do good. We're going to take a break. We're going to be back to wrap up Advanced Medicine Monday right here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Link through to Dr. Batar in the notes at robertscottbell.com. We'll be right back. Live around the world The Robert Scott Bell Show. <laughs> Robert, Scott, the Bell Robert Scott Bell Show. Heading to New York after the show, and we're going to be on Fox News. Ty Bollinger and I, we're going to get Dr. Batar on there too as well. We'll get the nine steps to keep the doctor away out to the rest of the planet where it belongs. Everybody needs to read that book, international bestseller. Dr. Batar, I feel the need to like, uplift. Everybody, after these two stories, I mean, they're just kind of brutal. They they hurt me emotionally, in a sense. I mean, I I, I know we deal with this kind of thing, and we see tragedies, but talking about them, I'm thinking maybe we can bring your brother Shahid back on, and and he can beat bop some some you know uplifting music. I don't know what something we need something.
0: That might be depressing too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. all right, now we got it. The, the, the musical talent of Shahid Batar. He actually is creative. He does poetry. Yeah, he's, he's a wild, he's, I don't know if he's a renaissance man or what, but your your younger brother's a wild one.
0: There's something strange about him, <laughs> That's what we all say.
1: <laughs> oh, my goodness, incredible. Well, look, uh, we have got to uh, continue to get the word out, because obviously it's not hitting everywhere. I know we have a lot of folks that listen uh, in the military or that have family within the military setting, and I, I just don't know, is it going to be enough... Uh, you know, if if the families you know cry out, scream out, and create because the press, even though it's starting to cover that Navy story we just talked about earlier too, uh, is it too little, too late? I mean, it, it is or is this going to continue to happen as they keep sweeping it under the radioactive rug?
0: Yeah, it's it's so strange, Robert. Who knows where it's going to go? But I certainly think that these soldiers, uh, these sailors—I don't know why I keep on saying soldiers instead of sailors—but anyway. I guess it's one of the same thing, they just out in, on the ocean, but I'm glad that they're taking matters in their own hands I'm glad that they're looking for legal representation to stand up for their own rights and that's the most important thing I think anybody can teach the next generation is that you have to stand up for your own rights, and a soldier and they're going to be accused of being non-patriotic you know that's going to happen, and that's the most ridiculous thing, and so if any of those soldiers are listening any of those sailors are listening don't listen to that line of uh, I don't know that I can say certain words, Robert, because I know I already messed up once. Yeah, so yeah you can that say line y- of BS. BS. Is that okay? That's okay, right? You
1: may say BS. Of course, that stands for bull snot, right? Bull okay. snot. Bull okay. snot,
0: right. Yeah. And and stand up for your rights and do the right thing because you have to make sure that if you don't do the right thing, then those following you are going to be also given the wrong set of values. You have to stand up. How can you stand up for your country and how can you stand up for 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 freedom if you're not going to stand up for your own freedom and what's right for yourself? So you're doing the right thing and godspeed to each one of you and if you can get to a doctor that can do heavy metal detoxification intravenously right get dmps that's what you need
1: yeah and we talked certainly about homeopathic remediation increasing salem and you know there are different things of course the damage has been done 3 years now there's a lot of work that needs to be done to repair if it's possible but i never put it past the creator that it, you know there may be ways to help uh and of course if you sign up for military duty you don't expect that the folks that send you in that would be would just abandon you or send you into harm's way in a way that they would just uh, pretend it doesn't happen. Now, it's one thing if you're working in black ops and scenarios like that. Those folks must be aware that they're, you know, given their lives and, and may not be, uh, you know, they're acknowledge- they will be disavowed in a sense. But uh, the Navy sailors on the USS Ronald Reagan trying to help out doing humanitarian efforts of saving folks after the Fukushima disaster? No, this is not what should be happening.
0: I totally agree robert it's, it's it's so far from what should be happening right now, and it's most disturbing because these are the people that are sacrificing willing to sacrifice their own lives they're the ones that actually need somebody to protect them, and the, those that were supposed to be protecting them the the navy in this case the military, they fell asleep at the wheel
1: yeah or or you know if it's more sinister, which it is possible uh those need to, uh, people uh, need to be held to account, of course, they tend to get away with it, maybe they'll they'll get their comeuppance in another life, lifetime, I don't know. But the reality is, if you know somebody that is suffering in this way, uh, don't wait. Find a way to get them into a doc that can, you know, that can do these forms of chelation, orally, intravenously, etc., uh, remediate homeopathically, uh, increase you know, uh, levels of, of, of antioxidants, uh, trace minerals, selenium, etc. And, uh, you know, we, again, we can't wait for the government that sent these folks into harm's way that's now denying that they have been harmed to be the ones to save them, even though it would be appropriate for them to support them in their recovery. We cannot wait. Yeah,
0: that's a very good point. You can't wait for the military to do the right thing, because if you're going to wait, it could be forever. They, if, they already had the opportunity to do the right thing twice now, and they haven't done it, so yeah. they have to take matters in their own hands.
1: Well, if we hear anything else uh, from families out there, please let us know. You can call 866-939-2355-247. Or send a message through the webpage at robertscottbell.com. We'll have Dr. Bittar obviously back on as we do each and every week to start the week with Advanced Medicine Monday. Why do we do it, Dr. Bittar? Because the power power to heal is yours. yours. The Robert Scott Robert Scott Bell Show.